0: I'm Emma and I'm Maddie and this is the content creatives podcast. Our mission is to inspire creatives to discover, grow, and own their brand. On today's mini sode, we'll be defining what is whitelisting and we'll be sharing our opinions of what whitelisting is. But before we get started, let's do our question of the day. And the question of the day is what was the last major thing you purchased?
1: Dun, da, da, da. An iPad for me. It was very freaking expensive. I like I almost got like the cheaper one, but I was like, no. It's a business. I know. And I know that I can write it off because, I mean, I the only thing I'm using it for is editing photos. I'm really glad I did it. It makes it easier. But I'm just, it was, she was an expense, but it's fine. Because I got, like, the one with, like, the big, like, I think I got, like, the one terabyte of yeah. storage. So mm-hmm. she's a big in. She's the biggest one. She's not the newest one because as of like five days ago, they released a brand new one, but I didn't have time to wait for that one. So they were like, you can return it and then get the new one. I'm like it's like there's I mean there's only a hundred dollar difference so I could but I was just like I don't think I
0: I don't know if I want to go through the process of doing all that again
1: I was like I just don't want to it's just not worth it I'm like I want to get I'm traveling with this I don't want to get it like I want to buy like a case for it I don't want to have to like replace all that so yeah I'm probably just going to keep her as is but I did get an iPad and she was a hefty investment but she she is going to be great to travel with as things slowly start to open up and I got my second vaccine today so hey
0: yay um so for me you guys um I got a new windshield
1: surprise
0: not adult
1: purchases
0: (laughs) my mom was horrified when she got into my car I don't even know where I was taking her and um half my windshield had this giant s crack on it (laughs) and my mom was literally I think she was just like what are you doing you're gonna
1: be driving down the freeway that's exactly what she said come in exactly
0: (laughs) Um, that's exactly what she said and she literally was like just get it replaced it's and like, i was come like come on emily time <laughs> time and i was like all right all right i will be a responsible adult and so it was like over 500 but i needed it i mean it was it, it was like half my windshield you guys and i mean i'd been driving around with it for like The whole time in the pandemic which was fine i was like i'm not even going anywhere but it was time so that was the last major thing
1: i purchased adult purchases man the older you get the more you'll find most of your money goes to things like that not as many like i have adult money and i feel like most of it goes towards adult things rather than fun things that i thought i would be spending on as i got older granted i did just buy a frick ton of selkie dresses so, well, not just. Like, it was like a month or so ago. It's but balance. It's balance. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> All right, you guys. Before I go too deep down that rabbit hole, we thought it was going to be helpful today to talk about what whitelisting is on the podcast. So, this is definitely one of the most common questions we get as content creators. If you're looking for the definition of whitelisting, it's essentially that an influencer grants a brand... a. a grants a brand partner advertising permission to your Facebook page or Instagram account. So brands can basically create and pay for Facebook and Instagram ads that run from your Instagram handle. So like I, for instance, I'm partnering with the books co they're like this beautiful bouquet. I freaking love them. They're actually like such a great company. They were on Shark Tank. Oh so, yeah. Which I think is really fun. Um, but they, uh, I got a bunch of like random likes from like basically my same post but it wasn't and it was just because they they. were boosting it yeah and so you can still see the likes and everything coming in like it's still associated with your account it literally is coming from your account but they posted it Mm -hmm. so why would brands want to whitelist influencer content Whitelisting allows brands to further influencer content. So instead of an influencer's post being seen on the feed for just 24 to 48 hours, a brand can put paid dollars behind that photo, video, story uh, to be seen past when the piece of content goes live. So essentially, you can think about it as like they are basically paying to advertise using your post. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, that's literally what it is. Like, if you like worked with a brand... Like non, not as an influencer, but you're a photographer and you shot a campaign for them and then they use that ad on a billboard. Like That's obviously not the exact same thing, but mm-hmm. they're pushing the content you created as an advertisement. Brands can also target the post to people who don't even follow the influencer. So it expands the reach yeah. of le- the photo that you created, the content you created. Brands can also make minor edits to the influencer's post, basically like adjusting the copy or the caption. Um, for example, that's just something a brand can do. Um, it's still like most of the time I think they try to keep your voice, but it's just more tweaks to make it maybe like,
0: yeah, if you're just like adjusting it, I can, I can honestly see this, you guys, if you're adjusting it by city, yeah. if you're like, Hey Seattle, and then maybe like the brand wants to retarget that for Washington state, they might put, Hey Washington, right? Yeah. Like, so it's n- typically like it's when, not crazy. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been that, that crazy, at least in what I've seen, right? But, um, I think with with this, it's just like there's an ability to do that. But if you're working with a brand partner who's asking you for whitelisting permission, I will say like, you're probably submitting the caption ahead of time to be approved and edited. And so the brand team, the PR agency, everyone's usually aligned with like what copy is going to go live. And so um, this is again, I think it's just like really minor and I can see people doing it just for like regional purposes hey
1: New York exactly I, for some reason when you said like regional purchases or purposes the first thing my mind jumped to wasn't like oh like hey Seattle versus like hey New York it was like oh if you're gonna advertise it in the south like instead of hey guys it's hey y'all oh. hey that <laughs> might think, be a thing too. I don't know that they do that I just that popped in my head because someone like I, I forget where it was but someone basically said that nobody from Seattle says y'all but I say y'all all the time I don't know where that came from. Anyway, that's besides the point. And then the final thing that brands would want to uh, whitelist influencer content is that brands can use the influencer's authentic voice. We kind of just touched on that. It really like it's advertising in a way that's unique. It's not just a brand advertisement. It's actually coming from a person. So I mean, that's a big reason why brands choose to work with creators in the first place. And the fact that they can just amplify that is another great reason to whitelist content.
0: Yeah. And just to add on to that, you guys, I was listening to Gary Vanderchuk's podcast episode and he did this thing where he had like 10 minutes with each CMO, CEO, COO and one of I don't know if it was a CMO at Kroger, they were talking about how they were diving into influencer marketing um, this past 2020, this past year. And they were like, oh my God, you, we found out that if an audience sees someone who looks like them, talks like them, lives in the same area as them, that piece of content performs better. Mm-hmm. Surprise. surprise that's exactly why influencer marketing works <laughs> that's why we're
1: doing this <laughs> we're not
0: models we're just regular deg- okay anyways so that's just something to be aware of right of like why again some brands will hire influencers for campaigns and why brands will choose to whitelist influencer content. So why would influencers be open to whitelisting? So number one, you guys, you can charge more as a content creator. I feel like there's been a lot of murmurs and talks about influencers being upset with brands for whitelisting when they didn't understand what it was and they didn't charge for it. Yeah. So we want to let you know that you can increase your base rate if the brand asks you for one month, three months, six months, or more um, to whitelisting your content. In previous podcast episodes about the Collectively report, we shared with you guys that that report stated that 50% of marketers spend less than $10,000 per month to amplify content, which means 50% of marketers spend more than $10,000 per
1: month. It's a lot of money, y'all.
0: Yeah, so know you guys that like if they're want if the brand or the agency is wanting to do that there is they have money set aside because yeah again
1: a lot of creators like no to I mean most like charging for whitelisting there's a term for it for a reason this has been something that's going on been going on in the industry for a very long time it's just now obviously applying to influencers we just need to kind of it, uh, increase our awareness of the term and increase awareness that you can and should be charging for these things.
0: Um, another reason why influencers could also be open to whitelisting is that you might benefit from the extended reach. Since whitelisting helps brands tap into wider audiences, your account might show up on other people's new f- news feeds who aren't following you. Um, and you guys, marketers should have some strategy around targeting. Uh, typically, they would be targeting an audience who would be interested in the products and services and the brand, and if you're associated with the brand and in the line of interest with potential customers, they might end up following you. Um, one thing I ha- actually haven't talked about on the podcast is that my top 12 to 15 posts from last year were all boosted cam- boosted posts. Yeah, And I mean, I did not realize, like, I think like, I've always, maybe because like, oh, okay, like I get that, Facebook business manager. I kind of, maybe because like I've worked I don't know I, I was like oh I understand why brands want to do that yeah and um I will say you guys like just be mindful of the types of partnerships you're doing so fashion brands when they boost my posts I grow
1: yeah because it makes sense it aligns with the my brand that you already create it, people
0: expect that type of fa- and then when they come to my page and they see oh does that make sense yeah well
1: it's like it's you're on like it's like if you paid to advertise your own content. It's like people see that and they're like, oh, I want to see more of this. And so they follow you. It's, a, I mean, that's why people would go to your feed and follow you anyway. They see that and they're like, I want to see more.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so I will say like, I think some people are like, how do you even grow from that? I was like, but like you at least gained exposure and other ways that you would not have reached yeah. that audience. And so I will say, especially for regional campaigns, like I, if it's a regional company and they're targeting and wanting to do whitelisting, I mean, I'll say yes, because I'm like, yeah, like I'm based at the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. This makes sense. They're going to be targeting an audience within this region. And so, yeah, just something to be mindful of. And the last reason why influencers might want to work with brands, um, specifically adding on whitelisting to their brand campaigns, is that you get to develop relationships with the brand and the team. Think about it, you guys. A brand team thinks your face, your personality, your brand can represent their brand in business. That's huge. A brand sees you as more than just as someone who can just post a photo. A brand knows that you can deliver high fol- high quality content that can be used for ads. Like yeah, your photo huge. can be a professional advertisement. Ad. Yes. Like,
1: people have literally like I, I just think about that. You guys like that's a huge. Like, I don't even know how to like wrap my head around that concept. I still haven't like the fact that brands use my image to advertise is like craziness to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, just think about that, you guys. And now that we have, whoop, now that we. I'll have Sam cut that out or we can just keep this in as a little blooper. I just hit my ring on the desk. All right. So now that we have defined what what whitelisting is and why brands and influencers would want to allow whitelisting, just going to sh- quickly share three best practices for whitelisting. So number one, both brands and influencers need to communicate and discuss a few things. For instance, how long is the whitelisting for? Does it go beyond the term of the campaign? Has the brand or PR team and provided a step-by-step directions to grant whitelisting on Facebook Business Manager. Does the brand plan on whitelisting the exact posting copy or are they going to make adjustments? So these are things that are definitely really important to consider, especially like Sometimes the whitelisting process can be a little frustrating on the back end of Facebook Business Manager. I don't really like how it's laid out. It's a little confusing, but it's really helpful when they lay out the step-by-step processes. I've worked with brands before who have literally created a video tutorial for it, so that's always really helpful. I also think the does it go beyond the term of the campaign is really important because if you think about it, like if it's, for example, like, I don't know, like a... Uh, of like cereal brand and like they are advertising like for the whole year, like past the term of the campaign. And then you work with another one of your favorite cereal brands. Like it's going to look weird if your image is showing up in people's feeds. Like, advertising like to uh, though of course like we all eat different cereals we all probably have multiple different cereals like that's not weird it might just not be like you that might not be something that you want to be mm-hmm. promoting essentially two things at once at
0: the same time yeah yeah so
1: those are just some things to consider another thing is another best practice is to put it in the contract so the length of term of the white listing should absolutely be laid out in the contract if a brand agrees to pay you more for white listing make sure that the adjusted rate is in the contract and make sure that all of that is just like a part of it. Having those things contracted is incredibly important, especially because what Emma mentioned earlier, like some, I would also just check if it is in the contract then charge more. Yeah. So like if they're already including whitelisting in the contract, you need to call that out and say, oh, I actually charge more for that. Something like that. And then the third best practice is to make sure that you trust the brand PR agency, influencer agency, etc. By the way, you guys don't need to provide your username or password to any agency. Or entity requesting whitelisting access. More often than not, it's just going to be on the back end on Facebook Business Manager where you give them permission, but you are not ever, never, ever, ever give someone your password. No, don't you, do don't, that. you don't
0: need to provide a password. No,
1: you just literally there's a button that you click on the back end of Facebook Business Manager. And to you allow them literally to do it literally
0: says add partner.
1: Yeah. You add them as a partner, but you're not giving them permission to take over your account. You're not giving them your password. It's much different. So, you like, just make sure that you trust the brand, like, because I think some people might use that as a way to hack not-
0: people. Yeah. Anyways, you guys, I was just doing research for this podcast episode and I was surprised how many articles s- said this. But I mean, if they're saying this, like, where they're warning people not to give out your username and password, I, chances are influencers probably heard, oh, this is what you need for whitelisting. I've never done it. Didn't do the research. And then-
1: Just gave that information and just away. just gave the
0: information away, which, and again, you don't have to do that.
1: Never do that. <laughs> Ever.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast mini-sode. If you have more questions like this, please ask them in the Facebook group. Um, we will definitely answer them here on the podcast all right so if we haven't connected yet on instagram you can find us at the content creatives podcast at emma's edition and at mad crate and we'll see you guys next time
1: bye